0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organization. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. It's time to do some archery and play some cards, cause this week's episode is about aromanticism and asexuality. Arrow Ace episode. My name is Alex willicks Payne. I use they them pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. <laughs> hello everyone and welcome back to stride with pride this week's episode we are focusing as i said on aromanticism and asexuality and i have a bunch of guests here who have given some answers to some interview questions about themselves and their experience about being asexual and or aromantic so let's just kick into it shall we why don't you guys introduce yourselves
1: my name is Alcuin, my pronouns are they, them, and she, her, and I'm a bit of a triple-A battery, I identify as asexual, aromantic, and androgynous.
2: Hello, my name is Jonti, my pronouns are he, him, I am a cisgender male, but I am also asexual.
3: Hi, I'm Elliot, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm non-binary and our ace Thank you
0: guys. So why don't we start with... Explaining a bit about what asexuality and aromanticism actually is
3: our means aromantic and asexual and asexual is when you don't feel sexual attraction to other people and Aromantic is when you don't feel romantic attraction to other people which are different things which took a while for a lot of People including me to figure out but um They're both spectrums, the ace spectrum and the arrow spectrum, and there are identities like demiromantic, demisexual, and graysexual, and grayromantic, and demi is when you only feel attraction once you've developed an emotional connection to someone, and gray is when you only develop attraction sometimes, or, like, it varies. Awesome. So... Can you tell me a bit
0: about what identifying as Arrow or Ace means to you?
1: Being Ace to me, the sexuality label, it gives me a better understanding of myself and sort of where and how I fit in with other people. And it's a good way of me understanding what it is that I like and dislike in life and with partners.
2: With being Ace, my brain just doesn't, like, it doesn't go to
1: horny thoughts. I, I have to be
2: actively told that that's what's going on. My brain doesn't default to that, and it's really weird, because, like, innuendo-y type stuff, all those kinds of things, they just fly over my head. There's even a lot of terms they don't know about. But I'm also sex-repulsed, which is another reason I don't know about these things, because I just avoid knowing these things. I am sex-repulsed, and it can make me uncomfortable at times. I don't mind jokes, like, actually, just good jokes around this kind of stuff, but, like, Like, things can make me really uncomfortable, especially if it's, like, porn. Like, any side of it makes me really uncomfortable and I just cannot look at it. Like, even just saying the P word out loud makes me uncomfortable. Like, I will actively avoid using the P or the S word at times just because I don't like saying them out loud, even though I just did.
3: For me, being arrow-ace means I don't experience romantic or sexual attraction to other people at all, and never have. Cool. So, how did you realise that you were arrow or ace?
1: I sort of realised that I was arrow and ace at the end of last year. I ended up having a conversation with somebody called Elliot, sort of about how I saw attraction, um, both romantic and sexual, and we realised together that I didn't, as, as it were, and I, I'd i been viewing things through a very allo-normative lens, um, as opposed to just a, a normal, unskewed lens, and so I'd actually mistook queer platonic attraction for romantic attraction.
2: It was when I was 16, and I was just curiously stumbled across this random YouTube video about just, like, really simply boiled-down LGBTQ stuff, and or it was more about, like, the sexuality side of it. And I just found out that asexuals exist, and I felt like suddenly I just felt that category. I wasn't a horny person, I just didn't want sex. And I was 16 at the time, so maybe those things didn't quite develop, maybe? But now that I'm older, and it still hasn't happened, I can more comfortably say that I'm ace. Because I'm still like that. But that's how I realized it. And it was just a passing thing.
3: I realised that I was RAS two and a half years ago, I think. Although I knew I was A-spec, specifically Demi, like I've known that for about seven years, although I have since changed that. I realised I was RAS when I was (laughs) hyper fixated on researching genders one day after I'd come across one gender that I thought, oh wait, that's me, and then changed my mind five times like five hours across five hours after reading about more genders and then two hours later and then again and again until i settled on one for about a week and then stayed that way for five months and then changed it again but because of that figuring out i was our ace was sort of just a side note and i'd already known i was a spec and been identifying as demi for a good while when in reality i just kind of loved my friends whole damn lot, and didn't know how to tell queer platonic and platonic attraction from romantic and sexual attraction. So anyway, I took a little side tour from that deep hole of gender research I'd been doing and figured out I was arrow ace and then went straight back to it.
0: What was it like growing up being ace or arrow without realising it?
1: Growing up being aero-ace without realising was very interesting. Um, It meant that actually for a very long time, I'm 19, nearly 20 now, and from the age of 13, I actually thought that I was bi or pan, uh, because I sort of was like, well, I'm equally attracted to everyone and that I'm not attracted to anyone, so clearly that means that I'm attracted to all genders and therefore pansexual, right? But really it didn't particularly affect me until I got to the point of realising, hang on a moment, I might be aero or ace and then i was sort of like oh my god this is a huge change and then i came to accept that and i was cool with myself after a couple of weeks of thinking about it
2: it was really weird it mainly occurred to me during this it really became the thing during like high school when because i went to a boys only school and they, they would do like really horny things or like even cash like watching porn or something or even they'd just like send show me this kind of stuff it's like I don't like it. I don't like seeing this. It makes me incredibly uncomfortable seeing any of this. I am immediately turned away by it. I don't like seeing it. It's disgusting, especially when we had a sex ed class. It was in twenty sixteen I had to leave the class in the middle of it to make to keep my consciousness because I was going I felt like I was going to pass out or was just stupidly uncomfortable and Everyone else was staring at it. All the other boys, you know, they were staring at it because you get a picture of a vagina. Me, I couldn't handle it. It was disgusting. I didn't like it. What is this? This is... Ugh. Like, it's like everyone, it's the weird feeling of everyone is horny but me. I don't like it.
3: Growing up, Arrow Ace meant that I felt sort of out of the loop, but also unaware of that. Completely. I think it's harder to figure out your ARACE than other orientations because it's harder to notice the absence of something than the presence of something out of place. And figuring out your arrace is realising that you don't experience romantic and sexual attraction rather than that you do experience attraction but to girls instead of guys and so forth. I've also found that AFAB ARACEs have a lot of common life experiences they share with AFAB lesbians. Both groups often end up tricking themselves into thinking they've got a crush on a boy they go to school with because he's the nicest or apparently the most handsome or the sportiest and so on and so on, when in reality he's just the boy they think they'd get along with best as a friend. It's because of all the heteronormativity and allonormativity people are surrounded with growing up and the way that influences young afab people and presses them into thinking that they must like boys because there is simply no other possibility.
0: What makes being ace or arrow difficult for you?
1: being arrow and ace isn't particularly difficult for me i'm everyone around me accepts me. Nobody has said that my identity is invalid or that i'm I'm not real or that i'm broken and need fixing i though that is a stigma that i'm aware is faced by a lot of asexual and aromantic people, and I realise that I'm very lucky to have not faced that, and at some point in my life I might, uh, particularly considering that I have only just come out as aro and ace. However, one thing that is quite annoying in is that society is very, very allonormative, and I didn't even know about the asexual spectrum until I was 14 or 15, and I didn't know about aromanticism until I was in my late teens. I didn't even know that it was a thing that you could just not feel romantic attraction. And the fact that there is so much um, lack of education surrounding it in society, I think is very damaging to young people and also older people who might not have had experience with the LGBT community until now, who might be questioning that about themselves and wondering if there's something wrong with them because they don't feel the same way as everyone else does about somebody, and they they might be worried about themselves, as it were.
2: Usually it's not too bad, but it's basically when anyone is doing, like, any... or mentioning, like, those kinds of sexual topics as if I'm supposed to be into them, because I'm supposed to, I'm a guy, right? But I'm not, and it's just the conversations become really uncomfortable. I can have, like, genuine discussions about this stuff, but when it's, like, implied, because... I'm an empath and I can detect this very easily in people. When it's implied that I'm supposed to be horny, it's just it just makes me uncomfortable, especially when there's like things are sexualized. The, you know, one thing that makes it difficult is that I get uncomfortable with anime because of how often that art style is sexualized to a to have like target the audience of like the horny guys or something. I don't I feel really uncomfortable watching anime a lot of the time just because I know like a lot of it. Get sexualized by like the, the lot of the art styles are just sexual. I just it's so obvious to me that's what it's going for, and I I just don't like it. It's even just looking at it, I feel guilty in this weird way. It's it's just it's just annoying, and people don't realize that. It just makes me uncomfortable because I don't have that part of my mind going off.
3: For me, what makes being arrow ace difficult is a number of things. Eternalized aphobia is not fun. I often feel like I'm missing out on this great thing that other people get to experience and the way society places so much value on relationships, especially romantic ones, is the primary cause of that. There's also this really not great mindset people have, especially alloromantic people, non-Arospec people, whether ace or not, that if someone is ace, well at least they can still experience romantic attraction and date and find love and all that, which is really really harmful. Aromantic people are often attacked more than ace people because of the stereotype that they're incapable of feeling love and empathy and are just looking for sex, which in itself is super harmful because it demonises people who like casual sex and sex positive people. I've also found that a lot of people assume that because someone's aromace then they aren't interested in relationships, relationship, which yeah is often the case, but it's not great that that's the assumption because it isn't always true. Like some people are still interested in romance and dating or sex and there are also queer platonic relationships and stuff. Someone might not experience romantic or sexual attraction, but that doesn't mean they're not interested in romance or sex or intimacy. I'm proud to be R.A.S., but sometimes I regret telling people I am because it makes people assume things like that. I've never had a crush on someone, but I experience a whole lot of queer platonic attraction and would be open to some form of queer platonic relationship with many of my friends.
1: So, what is a queer platonic relationship? A queer platonic relationship is a relationship that... You don't define as purely platonic, e.g. You're not, you're not defining it as you're just friends, but you're also not defining it as romantic. So you're deeply in romantic love or anything like that. Um, but it's something else entirely, and it's a valid form of attraction and a valid form of love that you can feel for another person, and another person can feel for you, um, or people. Um, if you're if you're poly and it is just sort of a it exists it isn't between platonic and romantic all three of them are separate and distinct um, different types of attraction it's just a different one and is generally used as an umbrella term to define anything that you wouldn't define as romantic or platonic as somebody in a queer platonic relationship I think that it's very important that these types of relationships are recognised, and I think that it's very beautiful that they exist because it does allow aromantic people or asexual people or anybody really who wants to say that they are in a queer Platonic relationship to recognise that they might feel close to somebody even if that feeling is not necessarily romantic. Because to me, a queer Platonic relationship is a feeling of closeness, and sort of it's a feeling of closeness and a feeling of being with somebody else that you might not necessarily want to say is romantic for whatever reason be that, that you don't feel romantic attraction or you simply don't want to label it as romantic. But to me it's that feeling of closeness and that feeling of mutual trust and Mm. the bonds that you have with that person that I think are really beautiful and the fact that you can say that you're in a relationship that is out of the platonic to romantic binary that we seem to live in in society. I think that that is a really beautiful thing.
0: Now, important question,
3: what is ace arrow culture? There's a lot of arrow and ace culture that's been lost or sort of faded away in the last decade or so because of the influx of aphobia online in recent years, but there's memes and posts you can find if you look. There's the ace ring that was pretty popular a while ago which is a plain black ring, worn on the middle finger of the right hand, and the less well known arrow ring which is white and on the middle finger of the left hand. There's a lot of stuff about space aces and saying you prefer cake instead of sex. At its base though, acepet culture is sitting in the middle of a room filled with people flirting and going, why? Or tricking yourself into thinking you've got a crush on someone but really you just picked someone and then gaslighted yourself into it because you thought that's actually what a crush is, right? It's skipping through both unnecessary sex scenes and lovey-dovey scenes in movies because you're watching this for the robot apocalypse, not the relationships, Stephen, It's making jokes about how you are superior to the other foolish mortals because you are not restrained by these foolish urges that everyone else is. You are not held back by silly little crushes and dates and such. You are superior. I being a god, if you will. It's saying you're legally obligated to like green and purple because of the ace and arrow
0: flags. What do you wish people knew about the ACE arrow spectrums?
1: Well, I wish that people knew that they existed for a start. That would be that would be brilliant. I'm aware that there are so many people who don't, um, and I think that educating people about that is a very important thing that we need to do. But I think that as soon as people understand that being aero ACE or aromantic or asexual with a different romantic or sexual identity as soon as people understand that that is a thing and that it is fine i think that that's going to be the main thing and then everybody else will approach it the same way that they approach um, bisexual people or gay people and it will just be another sexuality that people have And I think that that's the the main thing that I wish people knew about the ace and arrow spectrums. Um, Also, that they're spectrums while I think about it, because the asexual and aromantic spectrum does cover a whole host of various sexualities, such as asexuality, grey sexuality, and demisexuality, or aromanticism, grey romanticism, and demiromanticism. Just the fact that it exists, like, I mean,
2: you don't, or, like, like just the fact it exists, like. If I tell someone I'm ace, I don't have to go like, oh, but oh, you but uh, aren't you aren't you wanting to fuck this girl? So I was like, no, I don't. Just try implying that I'm supposed to want to just makes me uncomfortable. Like just accept the fact that I'm just not interested. If if you want to know more, like sometimes some are, like just like me or ones that are sex positive, but in the case of a sex repulsed, like. I don't mind, like, just good genuine discussion that not implied that I'm supposed to be horny anyway. I don't mind good jokes around that kind of stuff. It, they can be legitimately funny, independent of me being ace or not. But it's, it's just respect that some just don't care about it. And it's, it's just a general thing that straight white cisgender males have a problem without realising that something other than a cisgender straight person exists, right? as that's annoying.
3: What do I wish people knew about the ace and arrow spectrums and the people on them? Everything, I guess. That they exist to start with? I wish it was normalized for people to be ace back, and for the identities to be common knowledge and accepted. A lot of people also infantilize ace people and treat them like they're naive and innocent, which is honestly kind of offensive. So I wish people knew that just because someone is ace doesn't mean they're ignorant of all things to do with sex.
0: What's the best part about being ace-arrow?
1: The best part about being ace-arrow is definitely that I can use the label as a shorthand for talking to people about how I feel about other people. So I can say to somebody that I'm a sex-positive asexual, and that means that I don't have to say to them in longhand, well, I'm not sexually attracted to anybody, but I do enjoy having sex, but that doesn't mean that the person I have sex with I'm necessarily attracted to, or... I want to be in a relationship with somebody, but that doesn't mean that I want it to be romantic, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to have romantic feelings for them. So that's the—I'd um, say that's the best part about being a romance. Um The the tag is such a useful way of shorthanding all of that as an explanation into a single word. It's just you're just not a creep.
2: You don't ever get all creepy, and you don't feel the urge to. You don't want to do those weird creepy things. And like I've—I've I've just had. Like I've met friend, g- girls and just been friends with them in a purely platonic relationship, and they just are completely comfortable around me because they they realize that because I'm ace, I'm not gonna be doing any weird creepy shit. Even if they are even if they are ace, they understand that I'm a complete like I have complete respect for them, and I don't have any sexual needs so necessarily, like. I don't have any of those desires. So, as a result, they kind of end up being more comfortable around me because they know that I just don't have that impulse, which is ironic considering I have ADHD. But I I just don't have that impulse, and it's just a good way to be around people. It's just respectful.
3: For me, the best part of being Arab Ace is knowing that there's other Arab Ace people out there and being validated by the content they make. Last year I read the book Loveless by Alice Oseman, who's a she they pronouns, and it hit me really, really hard. Alice is R.A.S. herself, and the book follows the main character realising and coming to terms with being R.A.S., and I'd never felt so validated before. I started reading it on a day when I had a group event, and reading it left me so overwhelmed that I was on the verge of a panic attack and sensory overload by the time it finished. Getting to feel so validated by the book and knowing that I wasn't the only one to feel the way I did really helped me better understand myself and accept myself more. So for me, the best thing about being Arrow Ace is getting to read books like Loveless and also The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells and love them as much as I do.
0: What advice do you have for someone who might be questioning about whether they are Ace or Arrow?
1: I would say if you know another asexual or aromantic person, and it's safe to do so of course, then go and talk to them because that's really how I, how I came to realise that I was asexual and aromantic, um, was by talking to somebody, Elliot, as I mentioned earlier. And if you can talk to that person and sort of work through how you feel about people and look at people, or don't feel about people and don't look at people, as the case may be, then that's a very, very good way of understanding whether or not you might be asexual and aromantic, or one or the other. They don't always come hand in hand. Talking to other people but also thinking about it yourself and what what is the truth of the the matter to yourself is also a very important thing and being able to be comfortable with that identity. It's not a bad thing to be asexual and aromantic, it's just a thing and it's beautiful to be that, just as it's beautiful, beautiful to be any other sexuality on the entire spectrum. Reading ace literature is also a really good way to go. I devoured Loveless by Alice Oseman. I developed that in about two nights, and that's a really, really good book that I recommend to anybody who is questioning whether or not they are aero or ace, as that covers somebody who doesn't realise that they're aero-ace um, and their journey of self-discovery as they go through university.
3: I'd want them to know there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken or a robot. There are other types of love that are just as, if not more, important than romantic and sexual love. The world is built around the idea that the ideal life includes all these milestones that everyone should have, like dating and sex and marriage and kids, but it's okay if you don't follow their rules. Also there is no right way to be ace or arrow, you don't have to be sex repulsed to be ace, although it's perfectly valid if you are, but you can be open to or enjoy sex, you set the boundaries. And the same goes for being arrow, there's no right way to be arrow, and yes it's tough to be arrow in a world like this one, but no matter how you interact. With your identity, you're valid. Arrow but still interested in a romantic relationship? Cool. Totally single and totally happy that way? Great. An queer relationship or some other type of non-romantic relationship? Good for you. It's gonna be hard at times to accept yourself, but no matter where you are on the ace and arrow spectrums, you are perfect the way you are and no matter what anyone says, yourself included, there's nothing wrong with you. It's also okay if you change your mind or figure out that actually yeah, you are just a late bloomer. A lot of the aphobia out there is people saying that kids shouldn't identify as ace or arrow because they're too young to know better. Like they just haven't reached maturity yet and they'll grow out of it. But even if that does happen, there's nothing wrong with thinking you a-spec in the meantime. You're not lying to people if you change your mind later. There's no harm in identifying as a-spec.
0: This week's creator spotlight comes in the form of something that two of our guests have already mentioned today. She's an author called Alice Oseman, and she makes a bunch of queer content, both books as well as a webcomic that was turned into books that you might have heard of. It's called Heartstopper, but the one that our guests mentioned today is Loveless by her. Nice purple cover, beautiful story that I'm reading at the moment about how... An asexual person is realising her identity and how she fits into the world and it's a really beautiful thing, especially for an allo person to read, to get the really in depth perspective of an ace person and sort of the way that people come to terms with that in a society that's so amata normative, which is also the other word for allo normative, just romantic and sexual centered. <laughs> You can view Heartstopper as well, which is a story about two gay... I think they're both gay. Don't quote me on that, though. I could be wrong. Uh, Two gay boys uh, in high school falling in love, and it's a beautiful webcomic. And it's been turned into books, um, but it is still available online for you to read. She also has many other books. I really enjoyed Radio Silence. Really good book about... um, sort of transition from high school to university and the main character or is obsessed with this podcast and meets this person who sort of is the voice of the podcast and it sort of helps her through in a way. And it's really, really interesting. I, I, she just has so much queer representation in her books and I just, it's something I really enjoy. So shout out to Alice Osman. We have now reached the end of our show today. Thank you so much for all my wonderful guests for coming in and giving me their voices about their experience. I hope it's been enlightening for you guys to listen to and, you know, maybe helps along the questioning process or sparks it if you're unlucky. (laughs) Good luck with uh, all of those internal revelations uh, if that applies to you. (laughs) Otherwise... Well, and if you're also those people as well, have a good morning, afternoon, or evening whenever you're listening to this. You are a wonderful, spectacular person and you are so deserving of love, whatever form that comes in. Don't forget to spread your joy. See you next time. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify,
2: iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts.